Um, I think one of the things I, I wanted to ask you, just having watched you a little bit over the last couple of years, and like we said, we met about five, six years ago, maybe, and then, you know, kind of, you always moved in signs and wonders, you always moved in the prophetic and revelatory stuff, but it, it's almost like in the last five years, it just kicked into a whole new level, you know, in that. And one of the things that stands out for me about you is your, is your, um, your prayer life. And uh, I know obviously you wrote the book, which is a great book if you guys need to get hold of that. It's on Kindle, it's a mystic prayer. But just in terms of your prayer life, because I mean, obviously you always prayed, but something shifted uh, in your prayer life. Kind of what, what was, if you could give like one thing that you would say, man, this was the thing that really changed things up. And I know that's not really how it works always, but if you could give a key to people regarding prayer, because all of this we spoke about, you know, connects with that basically is how are you going to approach the secret place? So, right. Yeah, how would you comment on that, maybe, out of a practical perspective, yeah? Well, you know, um, I had an increase of um, the prophetic, I think it was around 2016, and it was off the, I was living in the UK at the time with my family. And I had an encounter with the spirit of prophecy and that opened up kind of the dimension that I am operating in now. Um, but for, you know, I would say practically for people that, you know, they just want to hear and they, they want to um, engage the realm of the spirit um, as far as their relationship with the Lord. Um, I would suggest that uh, they, kind of change the way that they think about prayer and 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 um begin to recognize that other uh, first thing recognize your union with christ and that while we do have set times of prayer like i'll pray for extended periods where i'll just like you know go for hours and hours uh recognizing that you're always in union with god and god can speak to you any moment so I started recognizing that God would speak through different things, like whether it was just suddenly this thing, I became more sensitive in a sense of really uh, being very proactive about um, recognizing when God is speaking. Yeah. So instance, for instance, I could have a thought pop in my head about something. I'm like, where did that come from? Well, that's obviously the wind of the spirits like coming. He's trying to speak to me something. Um, you know, I live in Moravian Falls now, <clears throat> and we we're you know we're basically on um, what used to be a cow farm. Okay. You know, so there's a you know there's a lot of stuff that we do around here. Like I'm rebuilding all the sheds and the barns and stuff like that. And I'll, I'll just let the Lord speak to me like right there. I might just like when I'm in the middle of my work. Or something like that. God will just boom. He'll just download something. I'll feel the presence, or something will transpire, and I suddenly start to recognize that God is speaking. There was a, a mystic by the name of Saint Lawrence, and the and he has a book called Practicing the Presence of God, and a lot of the out of the um, contemplative 
uh, mystics of the church uh, recognized that they could hear God by even washing dishes. So they started practicing the presence even in their daily life, everything that they were doing, and just practicing that overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit and really cultivating it. You know, I like what Bill Johnson said. He said, how would you, how would you act if a dove came and rested on your shoulder right now? There's a sensitivity to keeping that dove there, you know, and so that he doesn't fly, fly away. And so I love that because that is the way that the presence is like, there's a sensitivity to staying in, in that presence and just being active, like active and proactive about really um, cultivating the Holy Spirit as your friend. I think that's so important, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, you know, I think there's a lot of things in that, but it's also having an ear to ear, wanting to hear. And I think the minute that you switch into that, you know, I watched, uh, I watched Captain Hook with my kids on Saturday morning, you know, the old Disney movie. And then I was in tears just out of stuff. God was speaking to me out of a movie like that. And it's like this, you know, silly old, you know, kids movie. But it, there's just, and, and I think that's kind of what you're trying to say is when, when we have an ear to ear, when we want to hear, he's going to speak. And, you know, maybe to get out of that box of it's just in the prayer closet. And obviously that's important, but, but it's, it's everywhere. You know, it's in the field when you see a miracle. It's, it's you know, while you're fixing something. So it, it opens up uh, opportunities if I can put it like that, for you to hear or for him to speak, if your heart is set on that, you know, and it's, it's, almost, it's as simple as that almost. But then within it, there's this next layer, like you say, where you encounter the spirit of prophecy. And because uh, I know guys are probably going to want to know about that now, but is that something you purposefully pursued or is it something that just sovereignly happened? Kind of, if you want to share on that a little bit, maybe just, you know, not all the details as far as you feel like you're willing to. Yeah, well, there's different ways that people can step into the prophetic. Obviously, there are people that are born prophets. There are those that um, are prophets by association. And in other words, they get an impartation. And then uh, there's several different um, ways that we can move into the, the prophetic. Um, but when you begin to uh, position yourself for God to speak to you all, like, all the time, and you're sensitive to that, then even weird occurrences begin to happen. And that's uh, where you're stepping into, um, you know, the simian type manifestations, the signs manifestations. I'll give you a, a, an instance or a, an example of that. The other day we were, we were building our garden out here in the back and um, I'm out in the woods and I'm, I'm digging up, some some dirt for for our garden boxes and um i'm just digging and i'm just talking to the lord and there's some things that we're we're currently working on in our ministry and and uh, just getting confirmed trying to you know confirmation because you always want to hear the spirit of god and i'm digging in this place where there's like this this trench where there's like water kind of flows on our property and stuff and as i'm digging um I, I put the shovel in, boom, and I pulled the shovel out, and suddenly there, uh, 
I didn't see it. It wasn't like you couldn't see it from the surface, but there was another shovel that had been broken. Yeah. And like, and it was underneath all this, all this dirt and stuff. You couldn't see it. It was somebody that had been there years and years before, but their shovel had been like their instrument had been broken and they just left it. And like suddenly out of that, like the Lord just began to speak to me uh, about, you know, uh, picking up where they where one had left one had gotten frustrated and just quit and are you going to pioneer what where the others had left off are you going to continue to like plow and pioneer or are you going to settle and 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 not and it was like out of nowhere you know the lord just began to speak but it was a sign that was there and what i've noticed is that the more that i kind of go in that direction of allowing God to speak to me even throughout the day I'll see like numbers and sequences and um you know uh synergistic uh things will start to happen and transpire throughout the day that I know that he is like whoa God's with me and I know a lot of you and I know this happens when you Hank too like where you'll see those numbers will just be like whether you see like 9-11 or you'll see like 111 or 12-12 you'll see all these like 11-11 you'll see these numbers and those are like just synchronizations that are taking place in the realm of the spirit where heaven is is um colliding with you and and and, there, and God is letting you know that something is happening but we could we could just say oh i seen the number 1111 10 times today and you know did not even think about it but because of sensitivity you start to recognize man there's something about this what is god saying you know and 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 so um yeah. yeah, but as far as the spirit of prophecy goes, uh, you know, I wasn't necessarily saying, dude, I want to prophesy better or whatever. I, I was just hungry for the Lord. Yeah. And I'm still hungry for God. And I stay in that position of God, I'm hungry for you, all, more of you. And, um, you know, I was caught up in the realm of the spirit. Uh, this is when I was living in the UK. And, um, <clears throat> I was brought into heaven, into this heavenly meeting, and the spirit of prophecy. Now, when I say the spirit of prophecy, we know the spirit of prophecy is Jesus, but it was the nature of Jesus in the prophetic. This is simple. It was Jesus, but it was his, his nature as the prophetic that the, that the Lord revealed to me. And um, he said, I want to show you something. And uh, in this encounter that I had, the Lord brought me over to this table and he showed me these black boxes. There were these boxes and I said, what am I supposed to do with those? And he said, the Lord has given to you as many of these as you want. And I was like, what, are, what am I supposed to do with them? And he, he said, pick them up and throw them at people. And I thought this is the weirdest encounter I've ever had in my life. Probably people are listening to this right now and they're like, this, is, this guy is way strange listen it's just the way that seer prophets are so i can't change the way i am i just embrace it so just hang with me for a minute so i pick up this box and i said what am i supposed to do with it and the spirit the spirit prophet says throw it at people and so in heaven i take this box and i throw it when i throw it it explodes on this person and i see him change i see like him literally transfigure like turn like they're all, everything, their countenance, everything changes and it, it explodes. These golden coins come out, like out of the box. And, and I said, what are, I was like, what in the world? 
and and the Lord spoke to me and said, um, the Lord has given given you this gift. This gift, you you you're called to give to others. You're called to release it on others. And I and I was like, what it, what is it? He said, it's the gift of prophecy. And when you prophesy or you release the word, he said, there will be a transformation or change. And these coins came out and I said, what is that? And he said, that's the realm of change. He said, prophecy is the currency of heaven. And so the Lord said, whenever you prophesy, you're releasing the currency that causes change. You know, you know, and I don't know how what you call your coins in in um, in, um, in, in South Africa, but we call them we call them. Sometimes you say, "I have some change." Yeah, that's what you know, and uh, and so that was kind of like a play on words that the that the Lord was using to get me to recognize that these golden coins were actually uh, change. And so when we prophesy, we're releasing this explosion of change that's causing the currency or even current, if you want to say energy, yeah. of heaven to transpire on someone. Oh, that's so awesome, man. I, I kind of want, there's a couple of questions on here, but I want to ask you something because maybe an observation from my side, uh, maybe you'll agree or, or disagree, but uh, like, you know, you, you speak to people a lot, especially as ministering around a little bit, and people will come and they'll share encounters or stories, which is awesome, and, you know, things that God's doing. But, uh, you know, I have my take on it, but I think it would be great for guys to hear from you. For me, the question is sometimes when you look at people, so you come out of an experience like what you had right there, and it completely transforms your life. Like you're different uh, after the moment, right? So, so something shifted drastically in your life. And obviously it's, it's the spirit impact, it's the impartation of the moment. But then you speak to other people that had just as intense an experience or a dream or something maybe, but the impact, you know, a week or two later is, it's kind of like it, it fades out or, or the impact is just not that deep. You know, it's like in a prayer line, you pray for two people, both get absolutely whacked, you know, but one is transformed and one kind of life goes on what would be your take on, on that of kind of pulling the most juice, however you want to put it out of an encounter like that to actually get it into a place where you are transformed and transfigured? What, what would kind of be your, just your take on that? I don't know if it makes sense the way I'm putting it. No. Yeah, I get it. Um, I can answer that the best way that I, that I know how in, in the sense of when Two people are touched by the by the presence of the Lord. The only difference is um, one may, uh, and, I, and I don't want to mean to offend anybody here, but one may take that touch more seriously than others. There are always uh, God is always speaking. He's always touching. He's always encouraging. But then there are those transformational moments um, that need to be cultivated. So. I've noticed with, with myself um, that I'll have lots of, you know, encounters with the Spirit of God. But there are those encounters, um, and I may only have two or three of those encounters uh, in a year that are really impactful. I mean, like, they're, they're, they're not just like encouragement or there's something that, 
uh, even that God wants me to pray over the nations, but they're personal for me that God is wanting to do something in me. And when those kind of encounters happen, I will take the time to do whatever I know to do in the natural to begin to um, mold and shape those things for, and, 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 and kind of stitch them together for something that, that I can wear, like a garment. I take personal responsibility for those encounters and I don't just say, Oh God, you know, you gave me this encounter today. What's the next thing you're going to do? I take a hold of those encounters and I say, okay, God, what are you really saying about this? So for instance, before we moved here to um, Moravian Falls uh, in, in the summer months or the spring months of last year, I was on extended time of fasting <clears throat> and I was I was taken out of out of my body. I was brought into the dark cloud of the Lord, and the Lord spoke to me some things. And um, one of those things being about the mystery of some mysteries of heaven being revealed. Mm. And He said, "In the fall, when you move to Moravian Falls, the, the the there will be an opportunity for you to step into those things." So when I came out of that experience, I wrote those down. So when the fall time came. I literally began to position myself in the natural. Well, how did I do that? Well, I started fasting. I started praying, like positioning for that, for that, that change, that switch. I didn't just say, well, it's just going to happen. Yeah. I recognized that there was an effort that I needed to put forth to say, uh, what I, I'm going to take this in the natural and I'm going to say, okay, God, now I'm going to do what I can do to position myself because you want to reveal something that I've never seen before you know, some mystery that I didn't know. And so I started doing things like in the natural. Does that make sense, man? Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I think it means the same thing. It's, it, it's got to be that hunger. You know, two people can stand next to each other, both get an awesome word about a healing gift or whatever. One goes out and he actually starts healing the sick. You know, the other one's kind of going, well, you know, Lord, you need to do it. And that, that, doesn't quite work that way so i think that you know it's an awesome answer um i, I see one of the questions on the screen is a lady that asked i think it's a lady you know and, and let me say this too hank because i think this is important for people to hear i always looked at myself and still to to this day look at myself as the guy that had like the one talent you remember how the Jesus uses the parables and he's, he gave like five talents to one guy. He gave, and he gave one talent to this one guy. And the guy said, you know, he, he brings it back to the Lord. And he says, you know, I went and buried. I know that you're a hard master. So I went and just buried my talent uh, and gave it back to you. And in, in, in Jesus, you know, in the parable, it says, um, you know, you're, you're foolish. In fact, you're a wicked because you went and buried that one talent. And I always felt like, you know, uh, maybe wasn't the most talented person, but, but God, I'm not, if you give me one thing, if you just hand me one thing, God, I'm not going to go and bury it. I'm going to, I'm going to hold, I'm going to go and I'm going to begin to multiply it. Um, I've used that print, that principle in that story to say, God, I may not be the greatest, the talented is the most, the, the greatest seer or whatever i'm mean, william branham or whatever i might not be that guy i may have not been given that but you know what lord I, you gave me this one thing and i'm going to do something with it 
And I think a lot of people that are listening to me right now, they have those talents, but they're like, well, my talent's not as great as this guy. And they start comparing themselves uh, to others instead of saying, God, you gave me this encounter. You gave me this talent. Now I'm going to begin to put it into practice. I'm going to start doing something with it. And, and I watched it. I was, you know, years and years ago when I was in my early 20s, the Lord said, when are you going to start to just step out and use what you have? And I'm like, Lord, I'm still learning. He said, yeah, learning on the job. Start using what you have and yeah. get to work. And I think that people are thinking, well, I got to have another encounter, another encounter, another encounter, another encounter. And I'm not going to step out until, you know, we look at the giants of the faith, Branham. Uh, we look at we look at Wigglesworth. We look at Lake. We look at all these guys and we go, well, when when I'm at that level, then I'll start doing what God called me to do. But I just want to encourage people, you don't have to be a super seer. You don't have to be a super prophet. You just have to be you in God, in Christ. Take a hold of that talent. And what you're going to find out is that God is going to be uh, multiplying it because those that are faithful with little God will make you a ruler over more and more and more in his kingdom because he sees your faithfulness. Yeah, oh, that's such a good word. That's that slow, consistent burn, I think, that is so important. And, and it, it's going to increase. There's no ways it's not. It's, it's the kingdom. It has to increase. You know, it's, it's not your fault even that it increases. It's just the fact of the kingdom. That's the way it is. But uh, I think we get so distracted and disappointed so easily. Uh, you know, um, the first supernatural encounter I had, because the same here, I, I couldn't see an angel, nothing, man. I would... Surprise! I don't know if he's still on here, but Surprise was on here a minute ago. So he would come and minister. He's like, man, there's an angel in the room. I'm like, how do you know? He's like, no, because I smell lightning. Man. I didn't smell a thing. I didn't, but I just started believing it. And that impressions or what do you want to call it starts growing into more, you know, and you start taking the little that you have. You know, I, I have friends that feels like they fell out of the womb seeing, you know, I don't know what's wrong with them. It's irritating. I'm not one of them, you know, so, so, but you have these moments and you grow in it. And, and the awesomeness about it for me is like when it starts happening, I don't know, it's just so precious, man. It, it's like such a precious thing that God puts in your hand because it, it didn't come easy in a way. And there's nothing wrong with if you fell out of the womb scene. Don't get me wrong. It's just, it's just so precious. You know, I think God actually um, loves that as well. You know, the simplicity of just, pursuing um uh, one of the questions i saw was somebody saying that they really struggle to to get quiet uh before the lord and if, if there's maybe uh, um some advice that you can give in that process just in terms of sitting and preparing your heart uh, before the lord in prayer and um, yeah, well, I, there, there's, um, of course, you know, you mentioned my book, Mystical Prayer. I, I would um, encourage people to get that because it kind of helps to um, understand the, um, if you want to call it a process of going into um, the realm of seeing, it, it will help people. I think one of the problems, Hank, is that um, people, when they go to pray, they'll turn on some like some like music that's just you know it could soaking right so again if you're please don't be mad at me when i just <laughs> tell you the truth it's okay 
Like, just love me and because I'm your brother uh, in Christ. You don't have to agree with me. Just continue to love me um, after I tell you this. But uh, a lot of times I, I feel that people are sleeping instead of like actually soaking. And um, one of the one of the uh, one of the issues is that is that um, to enter into the door, like I talked about entering into the door, um, we have to because uh, there's laws in the realm of the spirit. So the Bible says entering into his, in, into his course with praise, entering into the, in, uh, with thanksgiving. And a, and a lot of times people are just wanting to go like, I mean, the Holy of Holies, like, you know, and, they, and it's like, whoa. And then they just end up falling asleep and they don't recognize that your physical body actually has to come into alignment. So some practical things that I do, uh, even though it looks crazy and wild, people don't understand it. Um, is that I actually release high praise out of my physical body. So I'll use my physical body when I first come into pray, prayer. I'll actually move my physical body. I'll speak with my mouth. I'll shout out because, you know, um, the Bible says that the, the glory of the Lord rides on the praises of his people. So I'll, I'll physically use my body to, to, um, to, to uh, get, get, get it into alignment with the spirit. And so that, and that can take time um, depending on upon how um, long and how, pe pe how much people are acquainted with the, um, with the, with the spirit. So, uh, but I, but I'll, I'll twit, I'll turn, I'll, I'll like fuse my physical body to give glory to God. Yeah. And it, what, it, what, what you'll notice is when you do that, the presence of God will come on your physical being. You'll start to feel it. Um, and then when that starts to happen, then, then um, you're starting to get out of your brain where you're having all these thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. And I, I go through this again in my book, you know, because I could teach on this. This would take us like seven sessions to go through this. But uh, basically, when you first come into prayer, all you're doing is thinking about how to get out. I mean, let's be honest. You're thinking about what you're going to be making for dinner. You're thinking about what the kids are doing. And you're sitting there and you're like, Jesus. And all you're thinking is uh, all the stuff that you got to do. And, and so, and, and, and then when that finally breaks off of you, then you're like, and you've released all these burdens that you've had to the Lord. And you're like, and you felt like lightness come on you. And you're like, yes, I really prayed through. Well, that's really, that's just the first stage of prayer. There's actually nine stages of prayer into a full ecstatic, ecstasis um, experience. Uh, and, and a lot of the mystics called it, uh, had terms for these things. One of them being the highest is a, a, a theophany. And, and, and I want to get, I need to be careful what I'm saying because I could go and teach seven like hours on this stuff. So I'm just trying to concise it, but I'm sorry. I'm a preacher and I got lots of words. So let me say this to you. Use your physical body to praise and worship and like use your body as an instrument. Use your body as a physical instrument to give glory to God. And then you'll see that transition happen to where you'll feel lighter in your body. And as you go to soak, 
you'll you'll go more into a trance like tra- trance like state and um you'll begin to experience god but if you just go into it like i'm just going to soak like praise god you're you're probably just going to end up falling asleep and the other thing that i do naturally is i pray in tongues a lot i pray in tongues until i feel like a switch in the spirit and then when i feel that switch i'll get silent before the lord and that's when your heart is connecting uh into the heart of the lord and so then it becomes a deeper communication and many of people that are listening to me right now you've had those experiences where you can't speak but you feel the presence of god you feel the heavy weightiness of the spirit and then the communication is coming out of your heart to the Lord. There's no words that are being communicated, but it's like a heart-to-heart communication. That's spirit-to-spirit language. That's how heaven, heaven actually speaks. Yeah, come on. That's, yeah, and that's why when you go to heaven, uh, you know, like you'll think something. And, and like, the, the, uh, like if you're dealing with an angel or you're dealing with a being in heaven, they'll actually answer you. They'll answer you in, 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 in your, it's like without even moving your mouth, there's like communication. You've had that even in your dreams, you guys, where it's like um, those encounters where it's like back to forth, back and forth, back and forth. And there's no, there's no mouth because it's heart to heart communication. So anyways, um, I'm just saying the best thing for people to do that. And I'm not trying to sell my book. Listen, trust me, but that book will help. It will, it will like open those things. You'll understand different realms of visions. You'll understand like those different dimensions of, of, of how to get into prayer. I'm so glad you said it about soaking. I got in lots of trouble about that. There's a lot of soaking. I feel it's just depression. Uh, and, uh, you know, scripture says Psalm 65 verse two, it says that silence belongs to the Lord. And out of it springs forth praise. The point being that, that if we really get quiet, it, it doesn't pull us into a, like a, it pulls us into ec- ecstatic praise. So it pushes us into that place instead of pulling us into, you know, kind of a, and I, li- I like soaking, don't get me wrong on that. So people kind of misunderstood that. I just, I agree with what you're saying. It's, it's different. It's interactive and praise opens that door and silence belongs to him. And there's no heaviness within there's it's alive and it's active. It's vibrant within, you know, so we just need to watch that thing uh, and understand why we use it because it positions our hearts and, and sometimes it helps us to get quiet. But uh, yeah, I think just Robert, it's so funny. I'm going to, I see surprise jumped off. I just want to mention this because he's really funny. So he, he said this thing, we had an Irish team here last year and they listened to some of his, um, his sessions. So they were just kind of sharing it with us. And he made this statement. He said, it's, he said, when you feel heavy, it's very easy. Just, just put on some music that's pace. The drum beat must be twice as fast as your heart rate because then suddenly you go into, into praise. And it, I mean, it's his funny way of saying things, but it makes so much sense to just, go in the opposite spur and actually activate something and just feeling that it's just going to come by, you know, kind of going to that state in, instead of stepping into that, that, that praise. And anyway, so thanks. I think that's helpful and yeah, definitely get the book guys. I know he's not trying to sell it. So, uh, but, but it, it's going to help. Um, I think that is there another question that I might be missing? Yeah, so how long does it take for 
Okay, I might, I might get if there's. I see there's a long one. I'm, I'll get into that offline. Uh, the, the last thing I want to ask you maybe is, so you've been involved in in a couple of outpourings, revivals, however people want to phrase that, and you know I think everybody of us, all the prophetic words, everything out of this coronavirus, this season that we're in is pointing to a move of God that we're all expecting throughout the nations. I mean, I think we all believe of all our hearts that something is coming, that this is the biggest setup ever, and uh, the enemy is going to regret this moment deeply, you know. So uh, from your experiences with all of that and looking into what's coming, how do you position yourself in terms of the move of God? I mean... Because it's always kind of people asking, you know, like, is it a sovereign thing? Yes, it is. Is it something that we start? I think it's both, maybe. I'm not sure. But what is your take on that in terms of when we step out of this thing now? Like, what actions do you take to, to create consistently that atmosphere where it can pop any moment, you know? And I guess you already touched on that, the whole teaching. But these very things that people can kind of just, you know, maybe grab onto just practically out of somebody that's that's seen it that has experienced it yeah i would say um you know in revival or outpouring you take it day by day um first of all you know um and the other thing that i would say about when we're dealing with um outpouring is that going into those meetings i never look at the size of the crowds um because it typically has nothing to do with that um and i and it's just about positioning yourself uh to to recognize that when you come to a meeting you're not just coming there uh, to suck up the atmosphere you're coming there to release the atmosphere of heaven so i think that the stronger that people are to recognize that they're coming to be a participant and not just a receiver the more you're going to see um, an outpouring of the of the presence of God. Now there are some signs that I know personally. Whenever like it, like God wants me to extend in meetings that have happened, and usually um, it's uh, I'll be struck mute in meetings, and I won't be able to talk. And that's what happened to me in Australia. I was caught up, and I saw these two angels resting over a Perth. And that uh, came back out of it and I couldn't talk for the whole entire meeting. And I knew that God was wanting to do something. So we ended up just extending another a day. I said, well, we'll extend another day. And off the back of that day, we went another day, another day. When we started those meetings, there were less than a hundred people. By the time we finished, there was the last night that I did, but there was 700. Wow. So, um, and I always look at ending uh, if, in the in the natural ending revival on a high note if i feel like the presence is dipping at all like or coming down like uh i'll go to the lord and say okay is it time to um you know is it time to transition instead of just keep continually going because i've seen where revivals just go 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 and then it's like it was like explosive with thousands of people and then dwindles to like nothing and I don't think God wants that anymore. I think he wants, he wants us to, 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 like, when we level up like that, to stay at that level, but learn how to, um, to do um, 
to operate in it in a good way. Because you could get just burned out doing meetings after meetings after meetings after meetings if the grace of God isn't on it. You know, especially children. Because my whole family comes with me most of the time. Like all the outpourings that I've been in, my kids have been with me, my family's been with me. And um, you just want to be sensitive to that. So I hope that answers your question, man, in, in some ways. It's just uh, positioning yourself uh, for a daily outpouring. And when you come together, recognize that God wants to release something. And if something special happens, take notice of that and say, okay, maybe we should meet another night and meet another night and see how it goes. Because with every revival, it, it, it'll escalate, mm. you know. Mm. Awesome. That's what happened in Seattle. That's what happened in a lot of the meetings that I've done. Well, thanks, man. No, I think that helps. Um, there's one question from the group. I just want to read it to you. It says, you, you talked about having a tent of meeting over cities. How do we practically approach this? Or put in another way, won't you please explain it a bit more? How does this look? Yeah, so um, it goes back to it goes back to um, like what Paul said, not forsaking ourselves, like assembling together. So a natural thing that we can do it because there in our, in, in some of our, some thoughts in our stream are that while well, I'm the church, like I don't have to like go to a physical place, like just me and my two friends can get together. And, and, and so we've kind of lost in the, in, in our definition of the ecclesia, we've lost um, our understanding that it's still important to gather corporately in the natural. And we say, well, like the church, that form is unimportant. Well, no, it's actually not. Like you wanna come together, be in the right spirit because, you know, um, fellowship has to come before like the government of the Lord. Yeah. That's so, true. so you had, so uh, Im important to recognize that our corporate gatherings still matter. So look at the 10 of meetings that are happening cosmically in the spirit at the, at the same time, like our local body where we are at in the earth uh, matters. We want to, we want to gather together because our voice matters. It's like, um, a spiritual embassy so we know that that the kingdom you know is is here our spiritual embassy is here we we've been sent out to release that as ambassadors the presence of god well if we don't gather to release the government of heaven then nothing ever gets delegated never gets done so it's important that we begin to recognize that gathering still matters so one of the practical things that I would say is um, find, you know, uh, I like to say, I like to say a local church because I think local church still matters very much so. But uh, if you say, well, I live where, I, well, start something. And, 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 and I say that with caution because, you know, if there, if you're a part of a local church, church and you say wow my pastor doesn't understand i'm just gonna go over here and start my own thing in my house of five people guys i mean dude whatever do it, it i mean it's, it's that's foolish recognize that when you come together that that uh that there's something that's transpiring 
And that church is there as an embassy to create that, that canopy for the glory of God to come on that region. You live where you live on purpose. God puts you there. So now begin to come into a place of positioning yourself where you're corporately gathering with those in the natural. And what will happen is you'll begin to have experiences corporately in the spirit. That's a good word. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I think, uh, especially when it comes to local church, it does matter. And uh, I always tell people, man, I love church. I like the big ones. I like the small ones. I like all of them. And I'm not saying we're perfect. I just like it. It's awesome. It's what God is doing right now. And uh, there's power in that. And I think in recognizing that in a city that you sit and there's a Methodist church worshiping on the corner or, or this guy or that guy. And, and even just in starting to realize and acknowledge that there's people worshiping in a city, maybe different than what you're doing or what we think is, is right or, you know, scripturally see as right. But people are giving their best into what they believe is a way of honoring God. And I also actually believe that once you just start acknowledging and honoring that, it actually does start lifting something over a city. Uh, despite the differences, even though, you know, we can cross swords on those things, meaning theologically, but uh, there's something about recognizing that we need all of this together to actually get to that place. And again, you know, what I I also love about the 10 of meeting thing is just it always fascinates me that one guy's worship, I mean, Moses' 10th of meeting experience pulled two million people to their knees. If you read the story, he would go in, he would worship, and all of Israel will fall down on their knees at the gates of their tents, at the entrance of their tents. So one guy who's worshiping in spirit and truth, really going for it, produces this canopy, over two million, whatever, people. You know, so imagine if five of us do that in our local church or in five different local churches, what we can accomplish, you know. So I, I think it's so important to honor that and to step into that and, and still say, well, you know, wherever I am, like you're saying, I can actually make a difference because I'm, I'm sold out and I'm hungry and I'm going for it. And, and that can lift something over a city. Because uh, that's exactly what Moses did. That's what David brought about, you know, all these stories. So, yeah, you know, um, that's a good question, though. So, um, yeah, and, and, and then you look at, too, like Moses said, I can't do this by myself. And so then God said, bring out 70. And, and you know, and you recall the story. So he said, bring them to the tent of meeting. So then Moses brings these 70, what he called elders, into the tent. And the, and the same power came upon them, and they started to prophesy. And then, you know, J- Joshua was in the tent with Moses, you know, from the beginning in, 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 uh, in um, Exodus 33. And you see that uh, he comes to him and says, yeah, these two guys are still in the camp, and they're prophesying. Stop them. And Moses says, man, I wish that everybody would prophesy. There was something that, that was about that, um, that ten of meetings that Moses understood that, uh, that in order to govern, he couldn't do it alone. And we can't do it by ourselves. And I, w- I would say to the people that are watching, um, you can't do it by yourself. There are some places that the Lord will never let you go into individually. 
They're places of corporate gathering in the spirit. So if you are in a place of disunity and, and, and uh, God can't command a blessing on you, you can't even go into certain places in the realm of the spirit. Like, like I had the word about, um, about the, the snow and ice and things. And people have been wondering about that. And Job 38, 22 says that God holds the treasury in the place of, of, um, the hail and snow. Well, we know where that uh, was referring to naturally. That was Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is the only snow-capped mountain uh, in Israel. And so it draws you into Psalm 133 that says, from Mount Hermon, God commands the blessing. And from the mountain of Zion. So so, uh, Hermon in the natural is a type and a shadow of the mountain of the Lord in the spirit that the highest place of the treasury of the snow uh, where God literally releases uh, his treasury bank is found in those high places. And, you know, uh, that's a place where God has the spirit of unity or union is in that place. And we know that uh, again, Ephesians two, six says that we're there corporately together in union with christ in heavenly places we are there all cosmically right now Uh, and and the only way that god commands the blessing under the earth is when we come into unity so that's why corporately it matters for us to gather and be in the spirit of unity in our local congregations because when that happens god begins to pour out a blessing upon us which can be revival can be economic can be um uh, over nature and creation and you know that's where the blessings begin to flow off of Mount Hermon and it begins to fill the entire priesthood from the top of the head all the way through the skirts oh that's awesome that's awesome yeah I just I want to maybe close with this as you were touching on the whole thing of Moses and prophecy and outside the tent I was just you know looking at the book of Isaiah yesterday and you look at you know the whole prophecy about King Cyrus. If you look at that, they say that was 150 years before he came into rulership, into kingship. That that was prophesied over him. And what happened is when he became king, he actually saw those prophecies, and that made him see the divinity of God. And and, and I mean. When I saw it, I just thought that is phenomenal. Just once again to see why there is such an emphasis on the prophetic. It, it's just so. I mean, the whole thing that you shared tonight about the frequency and the vibration and the, just that energy of God in His Word. I mean, you look at something like that where literally a liberator of a nation is set up because a guy that saw it 150 years in advance specifically name everything, and this guy sees it later and and goes, man, you know. That's just phenomenal and and to encourage us into that place and just to step into that and take risks responsibly in in those things. But just to say, God, I I want that. I want to step into that mountain. I want to step into the tent of meeting and and to see how we set up the next generation, how we set up our own cities right now. Uh, You know, there's just so much power in this stuff if we really start uh digging into it a bit deeper so um i know there's a couple of more questions but i i'm i'm gonna close it off here we'll we'll look at some some more i don't know charlie if you had had a 
final thought or something you want to share, you're welcome. No, I just want to encourage people that these are exciting days that we're living in. Don't get discouraged. Begin to take this time of, you know, the quarantine and begin to position yourself uh, in prayer and don't get uh, in fear, but rest in the spirit of faith in the presence of God and start to uh, say, you know what, Lord, like I'm coming out of this place of the reset on fire for you. I'm going to take some more time to spend with you. Like I'm quarantined in my house. I can't do a lot of things but you can pray. And so there's no distance in the realm of the spirit. And I would just, I would just really highly encourage people to say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to spend more time with you, Lord. I'm going to turn off the news. I'm going to turn off whatever they're saying. And I'm going to get right into your presence, God, because I want to hear you in this hour. And I'm telling you, God is speaking so loud right now to us. You can't miss him. Oh, thank you, Charlie. Yeah, and let that wind just blow away all this um, conspiracy theories, one after the other, all this stuff that's just, you know, blasting people at the moment. So I absolutely agree. And thank you so much for your time. I, um, I wanted to, I want to put this out there. Charlie didn't ask us anything, and I'm not asking you anything. So we, we want to give something, and I know these are really hard times in a way to do that. And especially if you look at the Rand dollar situation, if you're a South African at the moment, it's, it's kind of uh, strange. But because of that reason, I actually felt in my heart that we want to give something, man, it, 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 whatever, it, it might not be big, but it's, it's, a, it's an act of faith and it's sowing into something and it's standing in agreement. And I also believe it's us saying that we don't agree with the destructive words and all this stuff over the economy and stuff that's going to happen and we actually sow into something and uh so i want to if you guys want if you want you're welcome to do that either just go onto their web page and just transfer something if you want to transfer it into our ministry it's on our website and we're going to just transfer whatever and listen it's not about the size and i want to say that but i feel it's like an act of sowing into something uh, that we see in the spirit that we acknowledge and we say this is what we want we we want to see our currency shifted we want to see south africa africa become that breadbasket. but also there's something that charlie walks in that lots of us desire and you you can't buy the anointing but there is something about sowing seed into that you know so if you guys want to do that it's no pressure all of this is for free of course but uh, you're welcome to jump onto our um, our website, which is uh, I'll quickly type it on here or theirs, and just do it directly. I I don't care how you want to go about that. All right. So Charlie, thank you so much, man. I know you're a busy man, so we appreciate it. God bless you guys, and uh, we're gonna get those recordings out on the web uh, on the platforms um, at a later point. I just need to get it from you, the first one, please. <laughs> Mine's yeah, <stopped>. yeah. <laughs> yeah right. no worries man um and hopefully we'll be able to work out a time uh to make it over to south africa i know it's just god's divine timing when we come back so i'm excited it's always been good whenever we went to south africa absolutely one of my favorite places the glory always explodes man it's i love it there so we'll figure out we'll figure out a time that we can we can come out love you man appreciate you guys Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.